Um, Hepius, number one place to go for premium CBD that's not gonna break your bank. It's locally owned and sourced here in Utah. It is safe for work, meaning there's no THC, so you don't have to stress about that with your employer. And they have something for everyone. And I'm personally using their number two broad spectrum. Makes me a little bit more focused, peps me up a little bit. I feel great on it. Body feels good on it. It's good for recovery. Um, head over to hepiusmed.com. That is H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. Go check out some of their products. There might be one great for you. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Kaylee Butt. I'm nervous. Nervous. <laughs> I think we're going to have a good time because we were talking just prior mm -hmm. about living in Utah yep. and how absolutely weird it is. Sure. And so I guess where to start, You did you grow up around Davis County? So I lived in Kaysville, which I say is the capital of Mormon USA, pretty absolutely. much. So, yeah. Yeah. Davis County. <laughs> Davis County, the capital. It, it really is. And we have such a <sighs> wide spectrum of like... You know, we could drive from here. I'm in Woods Cross, for those of you who don't know, and if you want to look in Utah maps, you can figure it out. We could drive 10 minutes up mm -hmm. and get to, like, million-dollar famous people yep. houses. Mm -hmm. Then we could go, like, 10 miles south and find more million-dollar houses. Mm -hmm. But then if we go 10 minutes – oh, wait. If we go 10 minutes north, million-dollar house, 10 minutes south, we're going to get into, like, people who are actually not doing well. Yep. And it's just such a weird... Sheltered. It's very sheltered in Davis County, for sure. Yeah. And I just think it's such a weird... I think the word's dichotomy when you go to, like, public places where you can literally have the richest of the rich, mm -hmm. very LDS, interacting with the poorest of the poor. Yeah. Non. Yeah. And it's such a weird... I don't know. The experiences are just so yeah. unique here. Yes. I agree. It's crazy. Now, to get some backstory, you did grow up LDS. Yeah. Correct? Mm -hmm. And where, I guess we could start with, like, how was growing up in the church for you? So, it was actually, it was really good. Like, I had the coolest friends in the ward, and I was in, like, seminary class presidency, and, you know, like, I was pretty passionate about it. Um... So it was a good experience for me up until about I left high school, I would say. Okay. Until I started questioning things. And, you know, I think for the longest time I stayed in the church because of my close friends that were going to church. And they, I just, you know, hung out with them and went to church with them. But, for sure. Yeah. So was it one of those things? Because I haven't, that's the, I guess the sad and beauty part about having discussions about this is, Every story is different, mm -hmm. but there does seem to be, like, a point where everyone starts questioning. Yeah. And I just don't know if, like, you kind of get told not to question, mm -hmm. and you just have to follow what you're being told. Because mm -hmm. I really think that regardless of what you're doing in your life, there's a point where you question your actions. Yeah. And I just think that some people, that questioning is really heavy on their mind. Yeah. And then some people, it's like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that just might be, like, the turning point for some individuals? Well, I think for a lot of them, yeah. Mine's kind of different to where being so sheltered in Davis County and then 
I got a real job and I met people that weren't Mormon and I've always, you know, I've been like scared of them almost because I'm being taught like, oh, they drink coffee, they worship our Lord and Savior Satan. Yeah. You know, and so I like, I remember going in and I was nervous to be around them. And then I made my first gay friend mm-hmm. there. That's when it hit me where I'm like, they're talking about, you know, someone not going to the same level as heaven because they're gay, mm-hmm. you know? And then I had a, a stepbrother come out gay, and I just, like, I think that was really the turning point. Because I was like, if this is, you know, Christ will, you know, you know, treat everyone with kindness. And I'm like, why is there... Why is it different for someone Why is it just, different, you know? So... I... We'll get into TikTok, and I know you've uh, had quite the experience on TikTok, but I actually heard one of the most beautiful things that I've ever heard on TikTok the other day. And I can't remember who was arguing with who. I think it was a younger, maybe teenage, young adult girl arguing with her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she pretty much said, like, the younger kid, pretty, oh, she worded it different, but along the lines of saying, I find it disturbing that your generation fell in love with genitalia and you're getting mad at us for falling or falling in love with each other's souls. And Ooh. that hit yeah. me really hard because, like, you know, like you, I've made so many friends who are in, you know, the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. And I'm like, and I hear the stories yeah. of living here in Utah mm-hmm. and not very disturbing things. Yeah. And it just, at what point do we realize that we're all just individuals? What the, like, why does it fucking matter yeah. what we do? And it's just, I mean, growing up, I thought I had that in my head, like treat everyone with kindness and then, you know, I'd hear these little things about, mm-hmm. you know, gay people or people that drink alcohol or tattoos or whatever, you know. But still just being so uncultured and being stuck in the suburbs of Mormonism, mm-hmm. just to say, I guess. Um, it was, like, really mind-opening when I started to get with people and meet people. Because I automatically, I was I almost like a brainwash in my head to, like, know when I met someone that wasn't Mormon, like that there's something wrong with them yeah it's that it's that be nice yeah. but be concerned yeah and i think that was just in my head for so long and i think when i started meeting people i kind of was like why am i thinking like this mm-hmm. like you know some of the best people i know have tattoos or are gay and i'm like and some mormons i know are horrible people and I'm yeah. like, if yeah i don't i've tried to come up with this weird like I don't know, theory on just humans in general. I just don't, I've always grew up and had this understanding of like, let's say I meet Joe, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say Joe is a Christian who is married and whatever, has all these passions or whatever. Let's say Joe's a dick to me. Okay. And he doesn't like me, he disrespects me. Mm-hmm. Instead of, we like humans almost have this nature where it's like, well, Joe's a Christian, so I guess every Christian must be bad. Yeah. What if it's just Joe's bad? Yeah. And then we get in this weird, like, thing where, like, that, it happens a lot in Utah. I don't know if it's just, like, people have one bad experience, and now they just have to make everybody who's involved in that bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i always hung out and been around people who are more counterculture-ish mm-hmm. around Utah. Yeah. And never, like... None of my friends have ever done any ill will, and we're all 
drink, smoke. Most of them are tattooed up. Like, yeah. you know, it's, I don't understand where the, where it comes into play. Like those things, like, are they bad for our body? That's a different argument. Maybe, maybe some stuff is, yeah. maybe some stuff isn't, but that shouldn't really be a concern for somebody else. Shouldn't be a factor of yeah. how good of a person you are. Yeah. yeah. You know, if someone wants to come home and they decide that they're a drinker, mm -hmm. but they just mind their business and still continue to be a productive nice person in their daytime yeah why would it make them bad i remember when i had my first sip of alcohol i was i was i was like 19 and i was so guilty and i remember thinking why am i feeling guilty like i know i'm a good person mm -hmm. but it's just because i grew up with that in my head like this is you're not a good person if you do this and so i was guilty it took a long time like even today like still now like i'm thinking about getting a tattoo and i'm like oh i'll just my Mormon family, and then I'm like, I just gotta live for myself, you yeah. know. But I think that's the best thing that's come from any of this for me, because like, you know, my backstory for those of you who haven't heard, like, I grew up with, I, mean, I wasn't religious. Mm -hmm. My parents gave me a full freedom to do whatever I want, mm -hmm. as far as my religious following. And uh, when I finally started studying and researching the LDS Church and stuff, I just was like, oh, it's not for me. Yeah. And. Uh, a lot of my peers would refuse to like answer questions that may have came off as like I never wanted to be confrontational yeah I'm just curious. if they were curious questions that went against the line yeah it was always met with you know not great results yeah and I always wondered if that was just something that was built in like you get to a point where if you get asked certain questions you have to like avoid that person i've lost friends from yeah. conversations i think being younger and being taught like you sh like you should not be around these people like be nice to them but you know if someone doesn't have the same values and whatever is you don't be around these people and i think if you start to bring that up with them and just talk about and give questions or whatever and they're like oh i can't with yeah. this person because they're not mormon like i am i do have to say on the flip side I do get along with a lot of LDS mm -hmm. people and I, you know, I've lived in a couple different states and been involved in vast amounts of groups and I do have to say like, I feel very welcome even though I am not, I feel welcomed as in like, I could probably go over to my neighbors and ask them for a cup of sugar or dinner yeah, if I was desperate, Yeah, you know, and that's, you can't find that in a lot of states. No. Um, but I don't feel... I've always sort of felt like a, not resentment, but a outsider vibe, mm -hmm. which is fine. You know, I put that on myself, not putting myself in the church, but yeah. it's sad that there's people who feel that way, but can't deal with it well. Yes. Yeah. Like, I always say, like, you know, Mormons can be toxic, certain, well, especially in Utah. Absolutely. But there is a whole lot of good ones. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of my family is still Mormon. I don't have anything against them or anything. And, like, I've had friends that are, like, anti-Mormon. Like, we, you know, we hate them. We don't want them part of our lives. And I'm like, well, with, like, let's say someone that was gay was like, well, we just don't want them part of our lives. Like, you know. I'm like, so if the church is, you know, saying you can't, we don't like you, we don't want to have you in here like what are you doing you're doing the same to them yeah you know like it's you're being a hypocrite 
you know? So, like, I think if you want to leave the church and, you know, be anti-Mormon, that's fine. But do it with kindness. Yeah. So. I agree with you. Yeah. And I think, and this is my personal opinion, but we've already seen some hints at backpedaling as far as, like, their, you know, beliefs on the LGBTQ community. Yeah. They're still fighting against it, mm-hmm. but there has been some hints at more acceptance. Yeah. And I really think that, you know, I oh, what's up, Go Eagles? Church, the LDS Church, Mormons in Utah yep. and around the world, which we can get into that. Mormons outside of Utah are vastly totally different. different. Whole different totally type. Totally different. Yeah. Um, I think that, and this is me kind of being more of a, I guess you could say an asshole for back, lack of better words. I think that they will backpedal into acceptance because of our generation's pressure on them not like it's not okay. And our generation is pretty solid on making sure yeah. that shit like that gets yeah. taken care of, or at least we're trying. Mm-hmm. And I think that they will make a full backpedal on that. But yeah. Then that gets into the question, are they backpedaling to save face, or are they backpedaling because they actually want to learn and yeah. change their outlook? One of the first things I had problems with, I think I was in high school, was when I learned about how they didn't let black people have the priesthood, I think the 70s, I think, until the 70s yeah, or 80s. Wait. And like, I'm like, why? Like, and I'd ask my seminary teacher, and he's like, it was just God's plan. It was just God's plan. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. Like, why? And so... That was a big one for me, where it's like, treat everyone with equality, but then you, you know, this. You don't allow. And so I just wonder if that's the same thing's going to happen with gay people, you know? Well, and then, you know, I've been, I found out through experience that you don't talk to LDS women about priesthood. Yeah. Because that's a. It's a men's thing. Yeah, that's a men's thing. Why is it only a man thing to be able to be involved in teaching and spreading the word Mm -hmm. like i know women can go on missions now yeah but why can't they be involved in all the other interactions i feel like that's very you know when they come up with these you know scriptures or reasons or whatever that's fine but just it goes back to the whole equality thing you know like it's so contradicted to get taught, you know, be equal to everybody, and then but women can't be equal in the church. And you follow rules, yeah. or you kind of get pushed to the yeah. side. Yeah, I, I just think it's such an interesting. I think where I have a problem with it is, at least my biggest problem is, if you were to not teach any of their beliefs to an individual until. They became of a good thinking age. Mm-hmm. I like to think like 15 to 18 is yeah. right around when you can actually start fully processing life yeah. and what's going on. If you were to teach those lessons and teach them what a lot of the fundamentals are, mm-hmm. you can still create a wonderful human being, yeah. but they're going to look at some of the shit and be like, what? Yeah. Why? Why do we believe this way? But when you start at such a young age, when you get told something's right for so long, even though you don't realize that it could be wrong, Mm -hmm. you just automatically think like, oh, yeah, I've been told this. It has to be right. Everyone in my community tells me it has to be right. Yeah. Where the reality is you're just hearing the same group 
if you don't learn yeah. other perspectives, how are you supposed to know yeah. what's right I mean, and what's wrong? You're surrounded by these people for you know your whole life hearing these things, and all, you trust these people and you love these people, so automatically you're like, yeah, 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 for sure, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, because I I always if you use the analogy, let's say you were you grew up in a house full of racist people, mm-hmm. probably going to be racist yeah. because that's all you're going to hear and learn. Mm-hmm. Same ideology, yeah, just different. Different base, but same type of concept. If yeah. you don't look at outside perspectives, you're just going to go with what you have learned and been taught. Yeah. Now, to be proactive with it, you can be a very happy individual in the church. I know a lot of my yeah. good friends who are yeah. happily married, successful, loving their life. Mm-hmm. And if that's your path, take it. But if you're, you know, like a lot of individuals where you're questioning and you're afraid to take that step Mm -hmm. you should just know that there's a lot of accepting people on the other side who will take you in yeah you know for sure who will help you go through the emotions and who will help you figure out what you need to do in your life to find happiness Mm -hmm. because it's out there they just don't make it apparent yeah they don't give you like a path really they're like you have to do this yeah yeah which is a bummer it is a bummer and i'm i'm like i feel so blessed that i was able and like I'm proud of myself for getting out of it mm-hmm. it's a hard thing when that's all you've known your whole life you know and it was scary but like I'm so much happier than I was because now I can choose my religion how you know and yeah. I, I wouldn't call myself religious anymore I just believe in being kind to people and yeah. having integrity that's my religion you know but like I feel so blessed that I was able to discover that on my own and it was it's like a long time for like my mom to accept that mm. you know because she i love the lady she's like the best mom in the whole world but you know she's very mormon yeah and you know it made her cry when i had that talk with her which was sad but i was like you just got to like this is me yeah. like i accept you as a mormon and this is me and i want you to accept me too and she has so. good good yeah that's always the scary side of it is you know you hear the horror stories of you know a child saying hey uh, this isn't for me and the yeah. next thing you know they're out kicked out lose all family they get bad talk to the church so even if they want to go back now there's a stigma yep. on them and then those decisions that adults make on kids who are not of age mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if they just don't realize how impactful they are yeah you know if your 18 year old comes in and they're like hey like i'm not about this and you want and you think it's great to kick them out like okay, you're still not making a great decision, but mm-hmm. at least they're an adult and can kind of go and at least hopefully figure something out. Yeah. If you do that to like a 15 or 16-year-old kid like who can't even deal with their own hormones, but not only like deal, like understand what it is to be an adult and to survive, mm-hmm. you're going to cause a lot of damage. And getting that like from the self-esteem of being like from your family being like, oh, you're a bad person now. Like, you feel bad yeah. about yourself. And it's, I've seen people that are just, have depression and, you know, all kinds of side effects from leaving the church, especially from family that don't accept it. Like, don't talk to them anymore. One of the most, it was sad and interesting situations in my life. And I'll spare a lot of details just to keep, like, it not, keep it vague, but. I had met somebody on a dating app who was like actively leaving the church or had left the church. I can't really remember. 
And I could just tell that there was like weird pent up frustrations in all aspects of their life. Yeah. And I didn't know that there was an actual diagnosis, diagnosed anxiety based around being in the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. I never heard of that until like maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. And this girl had it and I did not realize how much it could make someone suffer and how much it could like really fuck up their life. Oh yeah. Like I, like for me, I consider I left the church like seven years ago, Mm -hmm. even to this day, like just random, like, random random things that you know it's still like if i drink alcohol or even with the tattoo thing like yeah i still get anxiety about it and i think just growing up in the church they just put that in your head over and over and over and it's just it's hard like to get over like i feel like i'll have a little part of that with me my whole life where i kind of feel guilty and it Mm -hmm. sucks i've tried to put my shoes in understanding like why they do that Mm -hmm. and i really like and, you know, I've, I've made this disclaimer, I guess, on previous podcasts. I'm not trying to take people away from the church. Yeah, yeah. Not trying to bash or hurt the church in any way. Mm-hmm. Just perspectives. When I think of, like, them drilling in the minds of, you know, kids and young adults and teenagers, like, we'll say marijuana is bad, okay? Mm-hmm. Which, to them, it is. It's yeah. really bad. I almost wonder if they know that, like, if you go and start smoking weed, it might put you in this weird euphoria, happiness, or even deep thought that could lead to you questioning that will lead to you potentially leaving. Yeah. I really think that's why they are so against it is because, like, now I get it, like, you know, you could definitely smoke too much weed and it's not good for you. Like, yeah. it won't have health effects on you, but... You know, but yeah. at the same time, like in the Mormon church, so they're like, you know, you can only have caffeine if it's cold or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Drinking a gallon of Dr. Pepper a day, me, I do that. <laughs> that like, that's not healthy either, you right. know? So I've thought about that before. Or like, that's just so bad for you. And I'm like, yeah, but you're allowed to have things that are also bad for you. Right. And I never understood that mentality. Why is coffee, like, yep. any different than a Dr. Pepper? Because it has, like, what's... So can you, in the Mormon religion, can they drink cold coffee? No. Coffee's completely off, right? Any kind of coffee. It's a stimulant. Yep. Okay. I like, and it's, like, I remember my first sip of coffee and how guilty I felt. Really? Yeah. Man, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's get into, like, some more, like, do you remember, I asked Cassie this question, your first, like, rated R movie? Like, was that ever, like, a big thing in your house? Not or? really. No? Well, I mean, kind of. But, like, I don't think my mom would have been happy if she knew we were watching them. But, like, I, I, like I'd go see rated R movies, and I still felt, like, strong in the church, you know? Mm, okay. It was just certain things that really, I don't know, like, coffee and weird things like that that made me feel guilty. But, like, movies, for some reason, I was okay, I was okay with. I think it just varies with people. Yeah, and that is an interesting part about it. Yeah. What is, like, a... I don't want to use the word taboo, but, like, I guess kind of, like... Kind of, What would be, like, a weird, like, we're not supposed to do this, but we're going to do it. Yeah. And I always think of movies, because I know for a lot of people, having, like, that first 
rated R movie was super impactful or like, you know, first like tea or coffee is yeah. really impactful. Mm -hmm. you, I'm trying to think of like, I guess for you, I'm curious, what was like, besides having a gay friend and realizing like, okay, what he's great, mm -hmm. why is it that he's treated different for his sexual orientation? Yeah. Was there anything growing up where you were kind of like, hmm? Um, for a long time, not that I can remember, because it's just how I knew things. This was right, this was wrong, you know? But I think, especially in high school, when I heard other people start questioning things, and it made me question things of my own. Like, especially when I learned the black people thing mm -hmm. in high school. Like, that really kind of shook me. Um, And just... I think also what shook me was, like, them, like, staying so true to this book that was written, you know, however many years ago. I don't know. It really, it made me question, too, like, but I really didn't actually, you know, start to really sit and think about questioning things, like, maybe this isn't for me or whatever until after I graduated. After you graduated? Yeah. Now, I know that, so the, how the men have to go about it is when you graduate then you can now go on your mission when you're 18. Mm -hmm. did you ever did that ever cross your mind of going on a mission so i know i can't the women can go on missions at 18 as well now right yeah but they can only go for a year and a half a year and a half right which i don't understand but i don't know i so i'm a type 1 diabetic and so i could never honestly really go on a mission mm. because i've had issues with that but like I've had, I used to have thoughts of maybe going on a mission, but I, after I graduated, I was like, no, uh -uh. no. My brother went on a mission and he loved it and he learned a lot from it, but like he came back and he is not as Mormon as he was. Like he's still Mormon, mm -hmm. but he was surrounded with people. He went to Boston, so he's surrounded with people that there's not a lot of Mormons out there. And he yeah. like, he learned a lot. I really think that, and this is going to sound funny, but when I when it gets explained, the podcast I just did, we talked about, like, jokingly saying, if you never work in food industry, your opinion's invalid. Kind of saying, like, you learn a lot about humans mm -hmm. when you have to work in the food industry. Yep. And I've seen so, uh, at least a small trend so far of a lot of people who start questioning in, like, the 16 to 18 range had a job in the food industry. Yeah. Because you're going to meet individuals who either smoke pot or who aren't LDS. Yeah. And you're going to hear about their problems. That was like my first job. I was a dog groomer for five yeah. years. That's where I met Bella, actually. But uh, I was the only Mormon person in that whole store that worked there. Really? Yeah. That's, I mean, I like thank PetSmart almost that job because as much as I hated it but I thank them because I was opened up to people that I was kind of almost scared of and like right. judged them and yeah no, I agree like you meet certain people and jobs and stuff that really open your mind and I'm know. surprised that's something that they don't try and uh say you shouldn't do is like get jobs in like your teenage years as a as an LDS member because, you know, I, we can all agree that when you're like 16, 17, 18, you're a little bit more able to be influenced by others around you. Yeah. 
you're still trying to find like your identity and all that type of stuff so like i'm surprised that they let they're okay with like because i i know for a fact and i i don't feel bad about this but i also feel kind of like maybe i push the line a little bit i worked at a job previously and there was a lot of younger mormon kids who would work because it's just the area we live in yeah. and i remember having lots of deep conversations about you know my thoughts and beliefs on it and i i don't take credit for this by any means but multiple kids had left the church by the time they left that company yeah, yeah. and i think that if they just hear outside perspectives at least once or twice and they start kind of thinking oh well, why do we do this or why do they tell us to do that yeah it kind of opens up some eyes opens, yeah because when you grow up with all these people you know like you saying you have to have this opinion because we have this opinion so yeah. when you finally meet someone that doesn't you're really like oh okay so you just sit and think and think and think and think and questions and questions and, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely a mob mentality uh bebert says your hair is super cute bebert thank you god bless <laughs> <laughs> thank you um okay so i want to know like the female's perspective of like how church was for you like was there because i i've heard a couple guys perspectives like mm -hmm. you know going through like the different levels of like becoming a priest and a teacher and getting all these different things yeah but i don't know very much about like the, the woman's perspective of going through the church mm -hmm. up until like your like teenage years so like you start out going to young women just mm -hmm. you know boys do their thing and i don't i literally can't even remember like they go <laughs> from like melchizedek to word yeah, yeah words yeah. i don't even know anymore <laughs> but <laughs> the, the young women did that too but it was always you know like the men had the greater power in the church mm -hmm. but back then like it was okay to us like that was just yeah in our head so i think you know it was very underlie sexist you know right being a girl growing up but and i didn't realize that until i left and i kind of looked back but like it's i had a good experience mm -hmm. in the church and i don't i don't hate the mormon church or anything no. but yeah like i was lucky i i had a pretty good experience being a girl growing up which is rare because i've heard other stories of girls and it's sad yeah really sad it really is. There's definitely, you know, there's there's jokes about certain positions that like, you know, we always like you could always come up with like a priest and a rabbi and a whatever yeah. walking. There's always like messed up jokes, but at the end of the day, all jokes contain true shit at some yeah. core of it. Yep. And you know, there's been news outlets around here in the past couple of years where we hear some really, really awful evil shit. Oh yeah. And you know it's what do you do like how, yeah. how do we stop it do and we... i'm i'm so thankful for people speaking up because people didn't they just didn't do it and now people are i think it's just the younger generation are feeling brave enough to yeah. speak up and really open other people's minds you know you know I, I think a lot of it does have to do with social media in a way like i know social media is a whole topic on itself whether yeah. it's positive or negative but i do have to say like it's nice to at least have a platform where 
individuals can open up about sh- like yeah. stuff like that specifically. Yeah. And not like there will be people who are there to yeah take care of them. Yeah. And you know, and whether that be like emotional help, mental health help, or even just like listening, because sometimes like listening is yeah you know a way more important thing to some than we even realize oh yeah now we i know that on twitter not too long ago there was a trending hashtag um utah rapists i don't know if you saw that i knew two people on that list i knew several yeah and for those of you who don't know or aren't here in utah how long ago do you think it was like mid last year Probably. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in 2020, um, they're trending on Twitter, or at least local trending. It was a hashtag Utah Rapists, and what it was is, I wish I had the names of the individuals um, who started it, okay. but they basically just started saying, hey, you need to watch out for this guy. Mm-hmm. And then it started this trend of just girls coming out and saying all these different guys who had, like, you know, from really bad to, like, making them feel uncomfortable, like a wide range of things and kind of saying, hey, you know, be careful out there. Yeah. And I don't know if that was before or after um, the one girl got murdered. Well, there's been two. There's been two. Yeah, there was the one that was over at Hatch Park who got picked up. That one was, that's scary shit. It's like you hear about stuff like that, like murders and stuff, and you're like, oh, that's so sad. But then, like, one of my best friends was best friends with her, that girl that died, and I'm like, that's close and it's like terrifying i remember the first time i drove past hatch park after hearing and i got like the fucking chills yeah oh my god she was like this is where they met and then there was the second one because i i I don't know much about the first one it was some sort of meetup and the second one was a tinder date or something along those lines yep a tinder match Mm -hmm. and then she went over to his house and then whatever you're gonna lose your mind. That guy that you're just talking about was my best friend growing up. What? Who I went to church with and everything. He oh. had slept over at my house multiple times. He was in my ward. Oh to my carpool God. together. Yeah. Yep. I have all the deets on that if you ever want. <laughs> Holy sh okay, well let's unbox that a little bit. <laughs> Cause that's fucking that's Pretty terrible. You were like saying that. I was like, that sounds. I'm like, yeah. That was one of my best friends. Okay, so. What? How? Like, there's a lot. I was not expecting that. So, because <laughs> yeah. so to give the story, it was a tender match from. It was a girl, and she matched with him, or vice versa, mm-hmm. and then I guess that they were gonna meet up, and I believe the implication was hook up. Yeah. So. Just a little backstory, he was he was married and had a little girl, and then he got into um, alcohol and drug problems really bad. After they divorced, he just didn't handle it well at all, so he's living by himself, um, and a bunch of co-workers at, chill out, bro. Sorry. <laughs> a bunch of co-workers at his job, you know, said that he would talk about, like, killing people jokingly or stabbing people or you know jokingly oh jeez. so i guess he had matched with her on tinder and then 
she came over and they went to a bar and like got a drink and then came back and did the, did the nasty mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I guess she they were just like on the floor sleeping and he woke up and choked her out until she was unconscious and then went to the kitchen and grabbed a knife and stabbed her I think twelve times until she bled out she, he waited until she bled out and then he called the cops. Um, so he was just completely. He was nuts. Yeah, like, just psychotic. Went, and it's it's so weird because like, I'm really obsessed with true crime. And, Same. Oh, like I listen to my favorite murder all the time. I don't know if you. Listen. One of the best. Oh, the best. And so you always hear like from the victim side, you know, and I'm like, I'm in this weird situation where I have cared for this person my whole life, and now he just. Murder someone, and you never think about the murderer's family. Like no? his family is the sweetest people. Now they're always gonna be like, "Oh, that's the family of the that's guy the that murdered the girl," you know. So it's been weird, and a lot. How? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because that—that's all. Did that? Like, how? How did you deal with that? Like, because I mean, that's that's pretty. Now I grant it. Like maybe his mental break happened long yeah. after you guys, but still, like. Having that guy like in your house and close to you and like sleeping. Yeah, I've thought about it too, but but it's weird because he was the nicest. Like he was popular, everyone loved him. Like really? he was just he was great. Like everyone loved him, and so. And then after high school, I didn't really keep in contact with him, and yeah. I always think like if I did, could that have been me? You know, and that's a, such a heavy. That's terrifying. Thing. And I remember posting on, um, I follow like a my favorite murder fan group on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, I post all they post about is like, oh this murder is so bad and I'm like, I just need to talk because like I feel guilty for feeling sympathy for the family. And you know, because all you hear about is how horrible it is and whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm in such a weird situation where Yeah, that's you know the whole weird. family and not that you Oh man. And that doesn't excuse Anything. No, 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 no. But like, I feel so bad for his family, and I'm like sad for him that it came to that. And like, obviously, I'm devastated for the girl and her family. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. But it's just such a weird and, situation to be in. And speaking of Utah culture, and pardon my language. Well, I get, I don't know. You swore, don't so. pardon it. Um, <laughs> fuck you if you're a victim shamer. Oh. Oh, you. That was something that I heard a lot. Like, oh, she shouldn't have been out doing that type of shit. Oh. Fuck you. Those yes. people yeah. who have that mentality, Mm-mm. bottom of the barrel. Mm-mm. Bottom of the barrel. Nope. I mean, honestly, I think that's a big. Tying it back to LDS Church, I think that's a big thing with them, too. Like, yeah. If something, the, someone sexually abuses you, it's because you wore shorts above the knee. Like, you know? Anyone actually. If anyone can look themselves in the mirror and say that and believe it, they have a lot of underlining problems. Oh, yeah. A oh, lot. yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was weird. Like, I remember waking up and my cousin texted me the, I think, Italy police, like, tweeted out an announcement about him. And I was like... God, that is... Have you... I called my whole family. Yeah. I, call, I think I made, like, 20 calls. And I was, like, shaking. I was like, dude, dude, you'll never guess what happened. Like just weird my brother was best best friend with him and he just he it was hard for him oh, for I a long time like imagine. he was crying like 
I mean, that's has that been like emotionally like still kind of difficult? I mean, that's still pretty fresh. It is. It's. I mean, I've come to terms with it. It's not as like shocking as it is now. Right. But I'm still in that weird situation where like I don't know if I should feel guilty for feeling sympathy for. Not sympathy, but just feeling sad for him. You know that it came to that and like. It's so weird. It's like so weird. That's tough. It's a weird situation. I mean, I, from my perspective, I don't think you should feel guilty because I mean, you definitely knew him as a different person, and who yeah. you knew, yeah, was a great person to you. Yeah. It just, it is sad that anyone gets to that point. Yeah. You know, I imagine that was building up for a long time, and you know, could have someone helped him? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But I, like, oh, it just breaks my heart that his. I think his daughter's like three. You know, like having. Is he in prison now? Yes. I don't. I haven't followed up on it. I don't. I mean, there's not a whole lot of like news on it, but yeah. I think he's in prison now. But yeah. like, I just feel so bad for his family and his little girl. Like. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even his ex-wife or whatever, like, yeah. it can't be easy and for like, her. Listening to true crime, you never even really think about their families or no. how it affects them really it's just the victims and, you know. I, I actually do a true crime podcast as well I saw that. um which has been you know so like i had always been involved and like followed a lot of true crime mm-hmm. now doing like in-depth research on my own mm-hmm. oh man there are some days that are really hard it's emotionally draining yeah it's Deep. like emotionally hard to figure out how someone's brain could actually do some of the shit they do yeah. like it's insane like i totally get that yeah i start we started with john wayne gacy and you know huge i don't want to say icon that's not the right word but um huge influencer, influencer of the serial killers yeah, yeah yeah that's a good way to put it yeah um man like when i sat down and started like looking like going all in because i I try and do like two to five hours of research mm-hmm. just so I don't like, I feel like that's enough to like discuss. Yeah. And uh, man, when you start looking at victim pictures and crime scene pictures. It just becomes so real. It really like, the killer clown really becomes real when you're like, oh fuck, those are the fucking 15 boys yeah. that he yeah. murdered and did worse. I like... So I've been, like, obsessed. I watched, you know, all the documentaries, whatever. And so me and my brother went down to Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in oh Vegas. Oh, God, it's on my bucket list. It's in, oh, you got to do it. It took, yeah. like, an hour and a half to go through. It's so worth it. Oh. But I wanted to go because I'm really into paranormal stuff. I go ghost hunting and stuff all the time. So I was, like, excited to see that. And then I didn't even know they had this. And I walked in and they had a serial killer room. And they had like Ted Bundy's glasses and like a couple of John Wayne Gacy's outfits. Or whatever. So I got so excited. But then you walk in and you just feel this like, oh, good Lord. Just the pressure. Lord. like Yeah. And there was like Charles Manson's handprint and like all this crazy shit. Cool, I'm getting the chills. Yeah, I... and it, like, it's cool. But then you're like, God, this is real. Yeah. Like, this is like, yeah, there was so much. You got to go. Yeah. Oh, I. Next time I go to Vegas, that's happening. Like, I just, so we can get it. on paranormal quite a bit. We'll save it for a little bit. But I, you know, there's something about, I imagine that him being your old friend, like, had to be super impactful. And there really is something, like, when you become, when you're either a fan of true crime or, like, 
you have to be associated with it in some sort of way or whatever it is like it really does add this weird layer of depth to you yeah i can't explain it but like, i can't either they're like i've like my boyfriend he's like why are you like why do you like that like it's so dark and it's like i just find it so interesting yeah how their brain works and like it's just i can't explain it either. no and i it's just fascinating it, it is fa- i think it's because it's like what's the worst thing you can do kill someone how does a serial killer get in the mindset of doing it yeah what's the timeline to getting there what's like, their mental problem going there's so many oh, there's and the weird part is is like there are some trends that oh, yeah. are interesting that like some have very similar either upbringings or situations that you're just like huh because like okay gacy kemper um golden state killer and there's one other that i researched all of them high tip bundy highly successful individuals yeah like you know gacy was volunteering like he was a great community member all of those people were perfect examples of sociopaths and how easy it was for them to hide it yeah and like their whole it's just a game to them of tricking people into thinking you know like I'm the happy person. Like, anyone can come to yeah. me. You know, like, it was just a game for them. And it's just good at it. Well, like, Ed Kemper, for example, yeah, his is... Wait, does he have the cauldron? Is that the one with the... No, he's the co-ed killer. Oh, the co-ed killer. The big okay. giant. The, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, what's up, Go Eagles? There are some stories on YouTube. Those guys act like the murder from the show Us. I haven't seen Us. <laughs> Us. Oh, that's a doozy. Oh, wait, no. The movie Us? Yeah, with, with the, the scissors. Yeah, that one was that's fucking. A great I like that one. That's a good movie. I also like the first one. Um, Jordan Peele did. Oh, uh, Get Out. Get Out. That one was. I was so. I was like, he's a comedian and he wrote these. You know, he's so remaking uh, Candyman. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm he, so excited. I, the rumor is he got the original actor. Ooh. So that could be really good. Ooh. Um, where I was going with Kemper though is like, oh, and the other tie is. All four of them either studied police work mm-hmm. or were involved. Yep. Kemper, like, tried to get in the police force, got denied, but still hung out with them. Bundy studied it and studied law. Um, Gacy was involved in some form of politics, and so was Bundy. And then uh, the Golden State was, he did work for the police force. Yeah. There, is there, are they that intelligent? That's the thing that scares me is I think they're all way more intelligent than... Oh, I think they're some of the smartest people. Yeah. But the big, you know, successful ones yeah. that kill so many people, they have to be incredibly smart. I, it's just weird because when you read their court cases, right, like a lot of them say like it wasn't them, like they were in a different mindset. And I truly, like, obviously that's like a stereotypical, hey, I'm trying to not seem guilty, but do you think that there's a possibility that they have some weird, like, high-level multi-personality where it is just a switch where they can be John Wayne Gacy, the funny-go-lucky community member, but then, like, just he wakes up and he's like, well, I got to murder. Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, I think there is some, you know, that have a switch that are, like, will switch and be like, oh, you got to kill people. Yeah. Like, I'm good the other day. But I do genuinely believe most serial killers are sociopaths. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're doing the whole time. Yeah. You know, it's scary. Like, they 
they know and they know how to protect themselves from it and put a good face on and yeah it's oh it, true crime is just i don't know i i'm surprised that there's still people who don't get interested by it because it just it's so fascinating to like just watch and be like these are humans like because you're watching it and sometimes they seem like a fucking movie like a fake movie and then you're like oh wait this was only in like 1980 yeah you know and like every utah and i have family that loosely were involved with bundy Mm -hmm. you know and like that's real like yeah like we're one of i i've told this story because like everyone has a bundy story my grandma lived up by bountiful junior high mm-hmm. and kind of how their cul-de-sac subdivision worked it was like a circle right with outlets her house was here the i always forget her name which i was disrespectful but the family that was back the kins okay. were kitty corner backdoor neighbors to them and the one Kent daughter is one of the bodies that they were never able to find that Ted yeah. Bundy claimed he killed. Mm-hmm. And my grandma, my great-grandma, who's passed away now, um, I remember she would call, her name was Martha, the mother, daily because they were friends yeah. growing up. And I wasn't alive during Bundy, but I just remember her always talking about Martha Kent, like her being her friend, and it yeah. didn't dawn on me until I was, you know, three or four years ago that she was talking to the kid daughter who Ted Bundy had murdered. I like I remember getting really interested in it and then I'm like I should like ask people because Bundy was here for a while and so I started asking and then like it really became real because like one of my good friend's mom she went on a date with Bundy. <laughs> what? But he wanted to pick her up and she's like, No, I'll meet you there went in, got creepy vibes and she left. So she Really? She didn't leave with them or anything, luckily. But it's just crazy. You know, and I uh, do an Instagram for the True Crime show, and like, I just typical Instagram for True Crime. I'll post serial killers and facts and all that, and uh, yeah. that's what I've heard a lot about. Is like people are like, "Man, I grew up during that time. Like, you know, when it was going on, like we were scared to go outside." Yeah, and like it didn't dawn on me until I started talking about. Or like thinking about the Ted Bundy stuff with my mm-hmm. grandma and stuff. Like, I think I can't even imagine how they you felt. put yourself in their shoes because really there was jokes in my great grandmother's house that I remember as a kid, mm-hmm. where they would always say, "Make sure you close your blinds so no one's peeking in." Yeah. And I always thought it was I didn't get it, but now it's a fucking Ted Bundy joke. They were making jokes about Bundy staring at my fucking great grandmother changing, yep. and it was like a ha ha ha. But like. It really happened. Like, who knows? He could have been stalking their house, and there just was no girls. You watch Ghost Adventures? Yes, big time. Okay. So when they came to the Bountiful House, the Ted Bundy house, uh-huh. I I waited outside while they were investigating because I wanted to meet them, which I actually made really good friends with their security guard, <gasps> who works at um, the Haunted Museum. I'll, t- I'll give you his information after. Oh, perfect. He'll hook you up. But I like... That house is so creepy. I mean, it is like the creepy, creepiest yeah. house ever. But like, it makes it feel so real when you drive by these places that he actually yeah. happened. Like, you go to Viewmont, and you're like, shit. Like, 
This is right here. He was, you know, he, he was here to We could drive over there and be there in less than 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. And it, ugh. Yeah. It's it, just, it's insane when you, like, really get into it and then go to these places. And I'm like, you got to go to the Haunted Museum, dude. Oh, I know. I'm. That room is insane. Yeah, it's been on my list for since I heard about it. Yeah. It's and a I good just, one. did you get to see the Dybbuk box that apparently Post Malone mm-hmm. touched and it fucked up his whole mm-hmm. shit? Yeah, they put, they posted that clip all around the room. Yeah. <laughs> do it, but. We, so when the Dybbuk box stuff, because I remember, was it TikTok or YouTube? There was a viral video of a guy opening one mm-hmm. in his house. And if he faked it, wonderful fake. Yeah. And he had like the whole history of it and like, you know opened it up and like a couple weird things happened when he opened mm-hmm. it up so my friends and i bought one it's in this room shut up yeah um it's in that box over there but uh kind of a little weird thing happened with it for sure we made like a 20 minute 30 minute video back when because i used to have like an office space mm-hmm. um we made a 20 30 minute video of opening it and like i won't lie Probably 100% fake. We bought it off eBay. This lady said that it was a credited Dybbuk box one way or the other. When it showed up, it just looks like chunks of wood that someone poured wax on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So probably not real. But when we finally opened it, it definitely, I don't know if our nerves were just getting to us because we were like, oh, this is crazy. Definitely felt weird in that room. And then like something shifted. Did you do it in this room? No. No. Off this room. Different room. Something shifted, and uh, we were kind of like, that was weird. We didn't think anything of it. Um, I I don't tell a whole lot of people this, but I people think I'm crazy, but I am very connected with spirits okay. and energies, and they're always around me. And I will tell you, when I walked in this room, I felt something. Not necessarily bad, but like, and I, it was over here. Definitely over here, over here. Like... Ooh, you want... I want to see it. Okay, I'll grab it. <laughs> the other, the other interesting thing that has happened in this room specifically, mm-hmm. Ouija board sessions. Okay. Um, now we have not had any successful communications with Ouija boards here. Yeah. But being dumb individuals who don't really know the proper ways to use them, there could have been potential of where we did get success other places. They got brought here. I. I guarantee you 100% if you were to do that in front of me, something would happen. The Ouija board? Yeah, people who ever go ghost hunting with me always want to go with me because something happens whenever I'm there. Sorry for the microphone. <laughs> it's probably loud. It's my fault. I asked to see this spooky box. That was probably really loud. Um... I think it's still over here. Where's the Ouija board? Oh, spooky. Never done a Ouija board. I don't even, because you're not supposed to put the planchette with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know where it's at. Yeah. But like, I grew up always kind of connecting with spirits or whatever, and I thought I was just crazy. Like, I'd walk into rooms, I could feel if they were like, I could feel if they were like male or female or, you know, hold on. So touch at your own risk if you want. Yep. You should be able to just 
pop. The pop. And that's the wax that we kept in there. Feel weird at all? A little bit. A little bit? I don't feel like evil though. Hmm. Like it has its energy, but it's not. It's got a lot of energy. Yeah? Mm hmm. There's something going on with it. I don't think it's evil, but there's something going on with it. Yeah, we didn't know what we were really buying. And it was kind of like right in that time period where that video was going viral. It was a little bit before the Post Malone thing. Yeah. And when we saw that video, we were like, man, we should buy one and open it because it would be mm -hmm. A, great content, B, we were all paranormal nerds, so we just wanted to see if like... Yeah. And like, I don't know. It, it turned out to be a decent video, but... I think whatever shifted mm -hmm. was situational, and then we just kind of like, oh, let's stop recording because like nothing's really happening. Yeah. But it definitely, when it got opened, it definitely felt like either our anxiety peaked, expecting something to happen, and we just mm -hmm. kind of like had that going on, or it did change the energy in the room, and we felt that. Because mm -hmm. I've never, I've been around people who, you know are who can feel energy and you know are more in tune to that i'm not i've never been able to mm -hmm. except for two specific times in my life that one was kind of a smaller one the biggest one that i always tell people that i just still to this day can't explain is skinwalker ranch do you been there multiple times <laughs> oh, i want to go so bad and i'll show you a picture that trips everyone out and i'll tell the story because i love telling it yeah um but one of the times I went out there, and this is the only way I can explain it. When we got out, we were kind of looking at the ranch. Because you can just pull right up to it, like, on a side road. Yeah. And you look at the ranch. It's not a lot of property, really. Yeah. It felt as if, like, a child was standing on my shoulders. And I don't know what it was. I don't know, you know, because... It was pressure. Could you feel it like the shape of feet though, or was it just no, pressure? No, not necessarily the shape of feet, but like I couldn't feel like specifically like marks or like if someone was like grabbing my shoulders, but it just felt like weight, like yeah. pushing my shoulders. I'm like, I felt like I was 60, 70 pounds heavy, yep. but just all on my shoulders. And I could never explain that. And I still to this day, like, I think maybe like maybe I was just awkwardly sitting in the car because, like, you know, when you're in the paranormal world, you try to debunk things that you can't explain because yeah. you want for sure evidence. Mm -hmm. I still to this day can't tell you what that feeling was. And it lasted most of the time I was there. I totally believe in stuff like that. So. And yeah. I've so, had so many experiences like that. So let me, while I'm telling the story, I'm going to pull up the picture. Because. Okay. Well, yeah, I got to see. I, till this day, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why or what or anything. So when you go out to Skinwalker Ranch, it's changed now because it's changed owners. Mm -hmm. Sorry, let me get back. It's changed owners, and you used to be able to go down a dirt path, and there would be barriers. It was like three barriers, one here, one here, and one here. Mm -hmm. And you can either kind of drive through the barriers and go right to the front gate where there's like cameras and stuff. Yeah. Or you can park behind the barriers. And we parked kind of behind the barriers, and we just turned everything off and just kind of sitting there. Mm -hmm. And we're recording. Now... That video doesn't exist. 
it was like that would have had to have been 2013 mm-hmm. so eight seven eight years ago yeah um my buddy Forrest, who used to be the co-host was in the passenger or is in the back my buddy chandler was in the passenger seat recording and we kind of heard rustling and bushes next to us and like this was like our first big like we had gone to a lot of haunted places around utah but this was our first like this is skinwalker ranch yeah you know this was before the movie mm-hmm. but there was still like everyone talked about like this is the place for paranormal aliens everything yeah and uh we go out there and we're recording and we hear some bushes rattling next to us like if i would if i'm sitting here in the driver's seat and you're the passenger it'd be like right out that window okay. we heard like bushes rattling mm-hmm. and i panicked because i'm scared to death well, I'll, yeah. I'll admit it yeah i was scared to death and i hit reverse okay and Ch- my buddy Chandler, and this is what the picture's from i'll show you in a sec is kind of still recording and we back up, and I look out the passenger side window, I see these bright white legs, and I about threw up. But hold on, that wasn't anything. It was horses. Oh, and they, like, I, I don't know if you've ever been so scared you think you're going to puke. I thought I was going to puke oh, yeah. because I just saw these bright white legs, like, white as those doors. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And then we yeah. were like, oh, it's horses. So we kind of hung out for a while, mm-hmm. and then we start driving back. My buddy's like, hey, pull Pull the car over. Quiet. Pull the car over. <laughs> I get the chase. <laughs> I'm so excited. And um, he's like, look what's on this footage. And this is now, this picture was taken, or this piece of the film was taken from another picture, or from another phone. Yeah. So, like, he was holding it, and then we took a picture you of his phone. You still see it, like. What the what the what? Now this thing right here looks like he's like something's holding like that bar. No, that's the reflection of the camera of us taking a picture of his phone. But that looks like a head and like a body. Not a normal head. That's for sure. Oh my god. That's insane. You can kind of see like that was the dirt road. Yeah. Did you try? Did you go back and like look? No, scared shitless. I wouldn't have either. That's crazy. And we still, to this day, like, we sent this off to, I forget his name. There's a really popular UFO guy who's here in Utah. Um, mm. We sent the video to or we sent the picture to him yeah. and the video, and then he says, well, it could be something, but then nothing ever came of it. And through my buddy just having had to have gotten different phones, we don't have yeah. the I would the pay, footage. I would pay my whole bank account for that footage not because i want to sell it or publish it i just want to fucking see it yeah yeah like i want to see that whole video again because like if that we've been back and i'll be honest with you aside from a twitch clip which is freaky Mm -hmm. i've never seen anything else i've never felt anything else Mm -hmm. the the pressure on my shoulders was a different trip but that's Mm -hmm. all that happened i didn't see feel like yeah didn't notice anything um but it's drove me nuts for all these years wondering if that if that was like planted there like Mm -hmm. do the guards like to fuck with people or was that doubt it was that something that was literally watching us 
Because that, that's what creeps me out. It's not the fact that it's there. That's looking directly at the car. They can see you and are looking at and you. And what was it? Was that, that, whatever that thing was. Maybe it was a person and we just, it was a weird glare. Like, I've tried to work this out in my head for years. Like Even if it was a weird glare, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That picture is pretty crazy. Yeah. I, like, I go uh, paranormal investigating with these uh, professionals. Oh. In Salt Lake. We, went to, we, go to, we go to Fear Factory when it's yeah. you know, not running. And I got a Class A EVP on my phone. And no it is shit. my prized possession. I, like, make sure I save it everywhere because, like, I don't want that to happen. Like, I do not want to lose this. Do you have it? Yeah, I do. Oh, I'd love to hear it. What's up, Savage? How you doing, bud? I'll try and dig up the other thing that we didn't even notice. So we streamed. We streamed a whole trip from here to Skinwalker Ranch to sitting outside. How far away is Skinwalker? Like three and a half hours. Oh. It's a long it's one. Long. <laughs> and the problem was is the stream didn't turn out great because... There's so many spots where you lose connection. Yeah. This video still does well on TikTok. I still get likes. So we're streaming, and this is kind of like the main gate is like over here in the dark. Mm -hmm. And like we're just kind of on a side gate. I'll post all these videos for <laughs> listeners later. Sorry, when you get two people who are really into paranormal, you just got to. Yeah. Just deal with it. So we didn't even see this happening. This got clipped by someone who was watching the stream. If you look over here, you see something coming to frame. Hey, you're trying to die out here. <laughs> so yeah, we came out here one time, no cameras really or anything, um, besides like personal ones. And uh, we saw a lot of shit. And then it just disappeared. Air, like, moving around. Well, and I don't know. I think here. it's a bug, personally. But the way it moves. Came out here one time, no cameras really or anything, um, besides like personal ones. And, no. Uh, and then it disappeared. No, that, the way it moves, I'll just sit still. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrifying. That's so cool. And in the comments, everyone's like, nobody noticed the orb light move to the top right of the screen. And I, I honestly, even when I saw this, so what I did is I went on my Twitch clips and just copied everything over i've been slowly putting them onto tiktok yeah and i just thought like oh we're talking about we're at skinwalker maybe people will think that's cool yeah i didn't fucking see that until it was on tiktok isn't that the coolest when you yeah. go windows and people are like oh did you see this because <laughs> like i grew up experiencing shit like crazy and i thought i was going crazy but then to get validated like mm. that is the most insane insane crazy stuff what team do you work with professionally? I don't like really work with them. I just you go with them sometimes. It's the Grim Ghost Tours. Been with them. God, I feel like I'm... you can have fifty bucks and you can go for like six hours with them and like give really? you all the equipment. It's really fun. Really they go fun. to like there. They go to Mercer Cemetery. I just took a group of people out to Mercer Cemetery. Yeah. Have to go. They go. I've never been to that one. I've heard it's great. Go. Go. Yeah. I have some crazy stories. I just want everyone to go and I have some. Um, but when we went to Merker, so I had, a e I had a EMF detector in my backpack. Mm -hmm. I have one where you have to hold it for three seconds for it to turn on. And it was in his like, own separate pocket. Nothing could have touched it. And you had to walk up this little kind of hike thing to get up to the graveyard. And it was just me and my sister-in-law walking, waiting for the group to come 
and we heard movement in the bushes, the bushes right next to us, and then EMF went off. And I pulled out my EMF, felt like 100%, oh, shit. and then we hear footsteps walking away, and it slowly goes down as they're walking away. Yeah. Good stuff. Definitely recommend. <laughs> but uh, this clip, it's so far away, I'm like, I have to hurry up so we can find it. But this clip, you know, they tell us the number one rule of ghost hunting is don't whisper, so if you catch a whisper, not you. Yeah. And it just, it sounds so clear that it's like, it had to be someone, right? But no, because the whole night we were talking loud like this. So you don't, like, get confused. Yeah. We still don't know what it says. It almost sounds like a different language, but... That's... That's not good. Because isn't it, if it's Latin, that's probably... It wasn't Latin. No. I think it was... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It could be English. It's just... I'll Maybe sh- it's just you. It's, it's weird, but... That is definitely a cool place to go if you ever get the chance. There's crazy activity there, too. Well, man, now that we're on the paranormal talk, I have so many questions. Yeah. I, I, have, I have a million stories if you ever want oh. to hear them. It's weird talking about paranormal with people like who aren't mm-hmm. in the world, but it has been like such an influential part of my life. And mm-hmm. I don't even have, like as far as like experiences go, there's only been maybe four, four or five that I could still to this day, mm-hmm. no idea. No idea what the fuck. I mean, that picture, one of them. Yeah. For sure. The whole skinwalker. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I don't even know if there's even services you can buy to, like, data mine old phone storages, like... That's crazy. I like because you have so much stuff happen to you that you wish you recorded. Yeah. You know, you have to believe other people's stories, but that's always the hard part, right? Is like I've had people come on and tell the most craziest fucking stories Mm -hmm. where I'm like, that was for sure something. Yeah. And then you know, take go Eagles. We're talking about scary stories right now. (laughs) You're perfect timing. I got tons of them. Okay, I found it. Is it? So we were just doing little like EVP sessions. Okay. And then listening back. So it was me and my two friends. We just got this whisper. Listen to this. What? What What the fuck? We just got this whisper. Listen to this. What? What? Sounds like they're saying, I laid on the DNA, but I don't think that's what. But I showed that to the leader, and they were like, this is one of the best EVPs we've ever done. Yeah, I mean, that straight up sounds like someone was like, if this was the EVP, they are like, hey, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was a ghost. Yeah. What up, bitch? <laughs> what up with it? Yeah. Um, so that was cool to have it on video and like. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you, I mean, that, that's evidence. Yeah. It's cool, like, my boyfriend, when we did lunch together, he lived in his mom's house, I'd, I'd go down the stairs and I'd always see a man in the corner. Okay. And I'd just be like, yeah, hello. And then I'd walk <laughs> past, right? I'm like, okay. No, it wasn't the real person. I, it was like a spirit or something. But right. I was still back in my mindset of like, I'm just going crazy. But then I asked him, I was like, I have this feeling where like, if I'm in a room with a spirit, I feel almost what 
they feel like. Okay. Like sickness-wise, you know? Okay. So like, this is my first time it really validated for me as I went downstairs and I sat on the couch and I was like, did an old guy in his like 60s live in? He's like, yeah. And I was like, did he have cancer? Did he die of cancer? And he's like, yeah. I was like, is it like in his kidneys? Because my back's burning down here. And he's like, oh shoot. Yeah. I can't remember what his name was, but I was like, what's his name? And he's like, yeah. And so, those were like really validated me. Okay, so ex- explain to me like, does it just come to you? Or like, do you hear it? Like, do you hear someone say, my name is, it just like is in your body? I just feel it. Like, you know, like, it almost feels like I'm putting a story in my head almost, like, oh, he probably had this or whatever, you know, just like, but then you say it out loud and they validate it and you're like, oh, that's what oh, it feels so like. Oh, so does it feel like you're coming up with like a fake, well, not fake, but like you're coming up with a story yeah, that like might make it, sense. Yeah, like you're writing a story in your head almost. Yeah. So I, for the longest time I thought I was going crazy and then now that's happened a few times, like, Every time I get with people and tell my paranormal experiences, I have a I have a reputation of usually having they'll have a paranormal experience. Okay. In the next few days, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but I'm my, gonna come in here and my, my co- yeah. divic box is gonna be. Yep. I was with my coworker and she didn't believe in that stuff and I was telling her my stuff and she's like, oh, that's crazy. And then went home and I woke up from for thir- thirty calls from her. Oh shit! She's like, I slept in my car. I'm like, what happened? And she she was on Facetime with her mom. Her bed was shaking. It was like three in the morning. She got up and her mom saw a man standing behind her in her doorway. Like, could tell what clothes he was wearing. Like, he had a couple buttons undone. For some reason, she said he looked like Kevin Spacey. Spacey, which is fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but then she didn't see it, and she like turned around and like walked through him. While her mom was, and her mom did not believe in that shit. And it was just like way too coincidental that I had because she had been living in that apartment for like a year. Right. Nothing happened. And so I went in there and I like communicated with him and like I went in there and instantly my ears started burning. Even when I talk about this, my ears start burning. But I was like, I feel like he was like in his forties and he's just really upset because he had, you know, like his life was just like he had a career, he's like a side down, he died something stupid like the flu. Yeah. And like a fever. And so I get this fever, I got this fever so bad and like I was like, you should go ask the landlords, like, you know, and she's like so she went and asked me like, does you know, was there someone here that died? And all they would say was people die all the time. So, yeah, I, like, went in there, and I kept, I just had this feeling of what was kind of, I just felt like what kind of guy this was, and he just was grumpy and wanted his space. He wasn't, like, mean, but he wanted his space. Yeah, I get it. And she was terrified, like, she's just terrified. And so, I went in there, and I, like, talked to him, and I, I used a flashlight to communicate, and, like, it was just so tense. We actually ran into Mormon missionaries all the way up to her apartment. I just had this thing, I was like, well, let's get them in here and just, you know, say a prayer, see if that helps, whatever. And it happened to be their first day in the ministry. Oh. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt so bad, but they went in there and, like, they were praying and they were shaking. And, like, they immediately left after, like, we can't stay here anymore. You could feel 
her dogs were like all their hunches were like the dogs. And so, yeah, I talked to him and I was like, hey, Ashley, do you ever feel like, because I felt like he, for some reason, I felt like he was just a neat freak and he didn't like that there was stuff in his face. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do you ever like put something somewhere and then you come back and it's put away? She was like, well, no. But like earlier that day, she had set her jack down and walked and then walked back in the room and it hung up. And so like. You just want some tidy shit. Yeah. Clean She's so scared. I'm like, dude, ghosts are just people, you know? It's like, I talked to him. I was like, dude, she signed a lease. <laughs> like, <laughs> just be a good roommate. Chill out. Like, whatever. And nothing happened after that over here. So, so I want to run across an idea, and I'm curious your opinion. And this is going to kind of have a little bit of... We are so off topic with the road. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay. This might bring it back in a way. <laughs> okay. So... I grew up, I, I don't believe in a God, okay. and I don't really believe in necessarily an afterlife mm-hmm. as far as like what we think might happen. Yeah. However, I do think that there is some form of what we consider paranormal right now that exists in our dimension, in our reality, and we just don't know how to explain it yet. And I've come to the conclusion in my head what makes the most sense is if we're we're beginning to learn that we can leave like we generate energy Mm -hmm. right like we're we're living organisms we generate energy that maybe like this is all my theory in my head that i just don't know if it really makes sense but maybe talking to someone else who is in the paranormal world Mm -hmm. makes sense what if like events like a man who's so happy about his career and he dies because of like something so silly that would be be such an emotional output of energy that maybe it imprints itself in our reality for that time being and it'll forever be there until that energy just kind of disperses i believe that over time Mm -hmm. and and like and i don't know how like i don't know if we just aren't technology or we don't have the technology to like actually visibly like truly see what's going on but i really think like there could just be something there that our eyes can't see because we just don't it's in a different Mm -hmm. space i guess you could say i see it as like i mean everyone has their own opinions but i see it as like a human body is a tool Mm -hmm. that's not us right you know like our spirit is who we are and whatever so I think, so I think spirits are like people, like they are the people and they're there. Yeah. Cause there, I just, there's so much proof that there's not, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so much proof that they're there. Yeah. And I don't know. And energy is such a big thing. Like when you're in a room full of people and someone's bad, you, you can feel it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like you can walk in and feel their emotions. And I think they get attached to places that, you know, something dramatic happened or yeah. some place that they love or. You know. That's why I'm, that's why I think like places that we know are haunted because of like well I don't want to even say haunted I don't know if haunted's a good word anymore but yeah. like we use Gettysburg for example yeah. all the famous people go there and just hear yeah. tons and tons of EVPs and see crazy shit all night long I wonder if it's because there's just so much drastic energy being like thrown out to the world because like your emotions are at a peak mm-hmm. you're fighting like 
potentially brothers and yeah. relatives and like I wonder if that just like all that energy just really imprinted in that time period because like time's not relative like we we create yeah. time but time isn't just a linear thing mm -hmm. so like that energy could still just be there doing its thing yeah and we're just not able to visibly experience it yeah. but it's there i it, it's a long it, it's hard to explain because like if you don't believe in paranormal or anything this probably just sounds like yeah mumbo jumbo but when you start having some experiences that you can't explain and you don't think like there's you know like if you don't believe in like an afterlife but you have experiences you try and figure out ways to explain it and i'm very like i'm very cynical with my beliefs because like or with paranormal because i whatever i if there's something i want it to be true yeah i don't want it to be my excitement for there to be like you know a cool experience yeah and like teach their own but like for me i have a hard time not believing there's an afterlife i don't know what it is uh -huh. like, i don't understand but like i've had so many like family like my step aunt had cancer and she was like hours from death and she like hadn't talked for days because she was so sick and she just all of a sudden just started laughing she's like hi mom your mama died 40 years ago you know like i, I know multiple stories like that yeah you know so i do believe in people are still a, here i have a crazy story for you then that i actually just learned from my mom like last week so and this is you know per more personal so sorry for those who don't want to hear like too personal stuff but uh, so my great-grandpa actually had suffered a lot of strokes and several heart attacks mm -hmm. and for like the latter 10-15 years of his elderly life he was he couldn't fully talk like yeah you know he would say like two or three words there's usually god damn it and no one knew what he was like god <laughs> no one knew what he was damning um and it was hilarious but like he was still like mentally there mm -hmm. as far as like he could understand his surroundings for a while he could go up like with assistance go and use the bathroom and like yeah. kind of do it on his own mm -hmm. but like he couldn't like formulate cohesive sentences yeah. and like you know, if you asked him what he wanted for dinner, he'd be like, God damn it. And just kind of point. <laughs> yeah. You know. And I talked to my mom last week, and she told me the story of, like, the day before he passed. Mm -hmm. And she said that she knew something. Because she's worked in the CNA, mm -hmm. like, elderly care business her whole life, pretty much. Yeah. She's been around a lot of death. Yeah. And seen a lot of interesting things. Yeah. And uh, she said it was so weird. He acted completely different the whole day, wanted to go to his room without eating. And then when he got in there, he looked in like a corner of the room and was talking full sentences to somebody and saying, he'll, I get, this makes me emotional because I love my grandpa, but said like, hey, I'll see you soon. And was like, having a conversation and laughing with somebody it's like how do you not believe in something you know yeah. when you hear that and, and like know that they can't form sentences and like, like he oh, like the wow. longest sentence that i heard in that like the last 10 15 years of his life was yeah. like god damn it i want food or something like yeah that. and that was it and she said that he was having a full-blown mm -hmm. 
influential conversation with someone under his breath where she could hear full sentences of Greek. And to this day, like, you know, who who knows? Yeah. You know, who who knows what he was talking about or who he was talking to and like you know, I know that we've learned that when you dream you release ditreptyltryptamine or whatever, and when you die you release a whole bunch of it. Mm-hmm. And when you're actively dying, it could start releasing. So I think maybe it was releasing and maybe whatever he was, that release maybe triggered something in his head to like be able to formulate. Yeah, I I questioned it too. Mm -hmm. But then I heard a story of uh, one of the ladies I was in my ward who I was really close to. She, uh, her sister was like on her deathbed in the hospital and she uh, went to go visit her and the nurse was like, oh, I just talked to your other sister. She was just here checking in on her. She said she hadn't seen her in a long time. She was like, what sister? Because her other sister lived across the country. She's like, oh, Carol. She was like, Carol had been dead for 20 years. She, she's like, Carol? She's like, yeah, she had that bright red curly hair. And she was like, she's like, yeah, she was just talking about how excited she was to finally see her again. And that was crazy to hear that someone else also saw that person. Yeah. You know? Like, it makes you wonder if they're really seeing someone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm. It's like a. The best way I can describe my thought process is like, afterlife is like. Like a romantic idea to me. Yeah. In a way, because, uh, like, yeah, I, get that. I grew up not thinking, like, I thought when you were going to, like, when you die, mm-hmm. you're dead. Yeah. And my whole life I've been like, man, I really want there to be something. And mm-hmm. we see, we're starting to see proof of, like, there potentially being something or, like, maybe your energy doesn't completely disappear when you die or maybe there is, like, a next step. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so romantic to me to think that because, like, my whole life like sometimes it is a downer yeah like on really bad yeah. days it's like fuck like it's over it's over yeah but like then you start hearing these stories and you're like whoa, whoa well, wait, maybe, wait, maybe. wait a minute yeah. i do think it's interesting too that when that chemical gets released and you can take it as well like dmt is the street name mm-hmm. of it people live people have told stories of living what they felt like a whole entire life within the time of inhaling the chemical or the chemical or whatever you want to call it and then like because like i if you guys watch joe rogan i know i'm not the biggest fan of his much anymore but um or you can look up people's stories you can it's a natural occurring substance so it's not i've never even heard of it dmt Mm -hmm. it's like i can't remember the it's ditreptyltryptamine and then the street name of it is DMT. It's a hallucinogenic mm. chemical. And pretty much like when you take it, you inhale, exhale, and then you'll kind of like fall back and then you go on your trip. Yeah. And uh, the weirdest part about it is, you know, it occurred like it's created by nature, which mm. is weird in itself that something yeah. like that will be created by our planet. Yeah. But people have not only experienced or claimed to experience full lives of other people while under that chemical or under that plant, 
drug, whatever you want to call it, they have also had similar experiences to other people seeing things. And that to me is really confusing to think that like, okay, if I take this plant, we'll just call it a drug to whatever. Mm -hmm. If I take this drug that I could potentially see the same thing that someone else takes if they take the same drug, but it's a plant. So like, why is this plant showing us? Yeah. And then crazy. if you want to get into weird, like, you know, deeper stuff, a lot of people think that the burning bush may have been that plant in the Bible. Mm. And that when the smoke kind of started creating what we may have known as a little bit more of a consciousness for yeah. the individuals. But that's a whole other crazy subject that I don't even know if I believe. Did Bella ever tell you about that meditation video she did? Yes. So she told me about it, which is the most hilarious story ever. Yeah, it's great. She woke up as, as a Nazi. But. Her, her, <laughs> the way that she delivers that story so, is so... She's like so panicked. She's yeah. like, I didn't know what to do. So fucking good. But she said it to me and I was like curious about it, but like, oh my God, it's so vivid. Yeah. Yeah, I did it and it was like... It was what crazy. did you get? I, I think it was like late 1800s okay. in England. And I remember looking down, and I was on cobblestone, and I was delivering newspapers. And I had a weird little hat, and I was talking to this girl. And I think I was probably like 14. Yeah, Vividly, so and I was like, what the fuck? Like, that can't just be my brain making that up, because I was so relaxed. And, like, that was weird. I mean, that's a service, like, in the, you know, the Eastern medicine, past life regression hypnosis is a very yeah. popular service that is uh, starting to gain traction here. Yeah. And, the states and I don't I didn't do it myself I wanted to I just I don't know it, you should try. it freaked cool. me out a little bit it's pretty cool yeah you should because it scared me too it's like, yeah. I'm scared what if I what if I wake up as a Nazi Philip <laughs> <laughs> but oh it's cool like yeah. it, it's kind of it's not scary but it's like whoa this is real this is real mm -hmm. yeah I just wonder what it what it is because like the past life regression, if you believe in that, that is pretty much saying that, like, you know, we reincarnate as somebody else, yeah. which would mean that, is that Buddha, Buddha who claimed that? Sure. I can't one of <laughs> one of those guys, philosophers back yeah. in the day. So that would mean that, you know, we're going to pass away and then mm -hmm. just start fresh. That's, that's it. That's the interesting thing about like paranormal stuff or stuff like that to think about. You just, you'll never know. Yeah. You'll never know. And like, even, you know, that plant you're talking about, like, it's weird. Yeah. No one will understand. No. I, yeah. I, just, I, I think it's really weird that our planet has created stuff like that mm -hmm. that we have ingested and it's trying to tell us things. Yeah. That's what a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about like DMT and different things like that is like or mushrooms for example even though it's kind of gross how they come about mm -hmm. like that's being created by nature. A, yeah by nature and specifically mushrooms of fungus which we have found out to be more intelligent than we understand. Yeah. What are they trying to tell us? Anything or is it just it's so weird to think about I also love the new theory that people are floating around, which I don't know what? how they're going to prove it. <laughs> Excuse me? What? 
people are floating around. Like a new theory. <laughs> sorry. Like, who's no, no, sorry. <laughs> a new theory that's getting floated around okay. is okay. Uh, <laughs> that the universe itself is actually a consciousness, and that when we die, what we are is kind of like in our brain we have receptors. Yeah. We our consciousness is actually a brain receptor for a bigger one, and it takes our knowledge. It takes our knowledge that we got here, translates it to the big brain, and that's like it learning something, and then that receptor comes right back, and we do it again. Oh, to think of stuff like that, it doesn't scare me. It just like it's just shocking to yeah. think about. If it's real, like, then we're just a brain receptor for a bigger brain. <laughs> I hate talking about like space. Oh, space like, is so scary. Like. Not knowing, just not knowing. Yeah. Like, that is so scary. The unknown is scarier than what it's, we fucking know. Ooh, ooh. And, like, in the scriptures, like, if it's true or not, they would talk about, like, how there's, like, millions of other worlds. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's the thing I always thought was fascinating about the LDS church is, like, technically they should definitely believe in aliens because, like, when you get to yeah. Celestial Kingdom, yeah. you pretty much become a alien to your own planet in ways. Yeah, yeah. In like a weird roundabout way, yeah. but it's creepy. I don't know. <laughs> it's creepy. It stresses me out to think about. <laughs> it's like my brain can't handle it. So we're at an hour and a half. Do you want to push for two? Or are you feeling? It's up to you. I'm good. For yeah, whatever. let's do it. Okay. Um, so aside from paranormal, because I imagine we could probably talk paranormal yep. crime for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to have you back on, and we can do a full okay. paranormal. Cool. Um, let's talk about TikTok. <laughs> All right. And you've seen some pretty good growth on there. Yeah. You're up to how many? 26,000. 26,000. Has it? Because, like, when I first heard of TikTok, uh-huh. it was musically, and it was very, like, you just avoid that app. Cringy as hell. Yeah. Cringy. Lip syncing. I was like, Bleh. Yeah. And the ad- I remember the ads mm-hmm. that they were pushing, and it was like, exactly what people who hate tiktok think it is like yeah half naked lip singing trying to be like thirst trappy yeah tiktok is not that there is aspects of it for Mm -hmm. sure and some of the more popular trends are definitely thirst trap trends but at its core tiktok does a really good job of catering content to you that you they think you want to see for the longest time i just was like nope 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 because i was such a vine fan yeah same and then i think i watched a youtube video that was like tiktoks that give off vine energy and i was like oh so there's actually funny people on here not just cringy and so i joined and i uh, spent like 10 hours a day watching that shit (laughs) tiktok too much (laughs) but yeah i enjoy it so where did you did you just did you make vines as well? I did. I never got really big on vine yeah. or anything, but I've always loved creating and making videos. And okay, that's so my passion. I guess before we get into TikTok, <sighs> have you done other content creation like YouTube and no, no, because I've always wanted to, but I've been holding myself back because I guess I've never been successful at any of it. Okay, and now that I have been like many followers i'm like oh shit like maybe i can do this and maybe i should pursue it and absolutely you know it's validating but so yeah like growing up i've always made home videos or stupid little yeah whatever i just really enjoy entertaining people that's what i want to do i'm not sure yet yeah but 
I, I mean, I'm a, I'm definitely always been the person that says, hey, fucking send it. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. you, you really never know. Like, yeah. I mean, I always tell people who are, like, on the, like, you're not on the fence. You're involved in TikTok. Yeah. Well, I still doing... get, I still get very. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell people, like, whoever, who's your favorite either influencer or content creator? If you were to give me, or maybe a list. doesn't have to be, like, an all-time oh. favorite. That's so hard. <laughs> like, my original favorite YouTuber is Jenna Marbles. Yeah, oh yeah. She kills me. She's so funny. Classic. Um, but I watched so yeah. many vastly different kinds of people, you know? So I always tell, I always ask people that question, and then I follow up with saying, who was Jenna Marbles before she started? Just another one of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. And I, I really think that, like, we live in the time period where it's like, you know, because... You are a natural born entertainer. I can tell by how you tell your stories. Thank you, God bless. And if you just, if you just fully send it, but like it's scary. I hold myself back because I've had the I have really bad self confidence, and so I like my family is like you need to start a YouTube channel, and I'm like I don't I don't really I don't mm. <laughs> so like <laughs> hold myself back. But I'm starting to like oh maybe I really could getting that validation from people, you know? Yeah. So. Validation definitely helps. It really I mean, does. It does. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, for the longest time, like, I always thought I was just doing dumb shit, like, wasting my time. Yeah. But then, like, you start getting people who actually care about uh, self-confidence. We all. Like, oh, honey, yeah. I'm still going through it. Yeah, I still struggle <laughs> with it. Uh, every, every day, every Friday, excuse me, because I typically do top shelfers on Fridays, mm-hmm. sometimes Saturdays. Friday at like noon, yeah. I start getting stressed. Yeah, I'm understandably. Like, yeah. Oh God, I look like shit. I feel like shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna look big on camera. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's gonna come in and say some fucking rude shit. But then, like, when I start doing it, I'm like, I love this. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. and you know, trolls are gonna be trolls and haters are gonna be haters, but. Yeah. Wow, that surprises me about TikTok because. I rarely got any trolls on my tiktok comments which really and i was kind of worried about it because i have so much like low self-esteem but people aren't as bad as you think no it really surprised me how many good people there are aside from the bad people i I think tiktok specifically is really like depending on which like community you're involved in or content that you get catered yeah it's really a lot of positive people who just really want to see other people succeed yeah and i love that like You'll look on videos and trolls will say something and thousands of comments out. will be like coming at them and I'm like, yeah. I love that. Like, I think that's yeah cool. Because we're getting past, like, I remember when trolling really kind of started defining itself mm-hmm. as like a internet thing. Yeah. Like, it was a good way for people to be like dickheads and just be like, no, I'm just trolling. Yeah. And now we're kind of starting to, starting to see like a shift back to like, we aren't cool with trolling on most areas yeah people will always troll there's never going to be no trolls Mm -hmm. but i think we're kind of getting to the point where it's like trolls are no longer just getting ignored in comment sections they're getting told hey you're a fucking asshole i love it i love it so much so good i saw one of my favorite ones a couple days ago do you know who meg turney is she oh that sounds so familiar who is that she okay so she's a cosplayer and she used to do stuff with like Rooster Teeth and Achievement Hunter. If you're familiar with them, that sounds so familiar. You know what Red versus Blue is? 
the yes. Halo thing. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. the creators of that. Oh, she, okay. She okay, dates, okay. you know who the slow-mo guys are? Yeah. She dates Gavin. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I have followed her on social Instagram ever since she got involved with Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. And she does post like, you know, kind of more lewd cosplay content. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes her comment sections are disgusting and sometimes mm-hmm. they're funny. Well, some dude the other day commented and said basically like, um, uh, I wouldn't, th- like, I wonder how Gavin feels that you're letting another guy take these type of pictures of you. And then she just commented, you radiate small dick energy. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it so much. What's up, like, Parker? Uh, James? What's up, man? Um, I remember on, I just always ignored him. Like, I'd laugh because other people would take care of sure. me, you know, whatever. But there was one where a kid, he called me, there's one where I'm Guy Fieri in a pool and he called me like a beluga whale or something and I was like, whatever. But then I went to his page and I saw that he was like 15 maybe. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, it's going down. So I looked at his handle, found his Snapchat, didn't know who I was, talked to him for a minute, found out his last name, looked up his mom on Facebook. <laughs> and I sent I sent her a screenshot and I was like, keep in mind her her mom wasn't his mom wasn't a skinny woman. Yeah. So I sent um, her a screenshot of what he said on my TikTok. I think he got in a lot of trouble because his account was deleted. Got him. <laughs> but they just need to be put in their place sometimes. Like, they do. What's up, Simtex? How you doing? Creepy. Got him. Yeah. Got fucking straight. Got him. Got him. I. You know, I, I think that TikTok, though, is really... For anyone who still refuses to get on TikTok, give it a shot. It's... I'm telling you. And then you don't have to, like... It's cool, because once you start liking things, like, they will filter your feed to what you like, so you don't yeah. have to deal with cringy, like, lip-sync videos. You I know. know. I always tell people there who are, like, still anti-TikTok, <laughs> they're like, what do you even watch? And I'm like, most of the time I get, like, conspiracy, true crime... Mm-hmm you know podcasting funny clips and they're like you get that on tiktok i'm like yeah and they're like well what about all the other trend stuff i'm like yeah i'll see like they'll come across if they're really trendy but like i don't know for some reason i'm now on the drug cartel tiktok i just got the drug (laughs) cartel tiktok oh my god i'm like i sent it to my boyfriend i was like why is this happening to me this feels illegal it was just stacks and stacks and stacks of cash and drugs i'm like what the hell from an outsider, it seems like it's only girls dancing and annoying stuff. That's the front of TikTok, yeah. I won't lie, but there really isn't. I can tell you maybe I'll get like one girl dancing maybe like every 100 TikToks. James, I just want you to know that I am on TikTok and I am Guy Fieri, so. <laughs> and people watch it. So. Indeed, Guy Fieri. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. I think the only girl that I even see anymore that's like, Popular, popular is uh, Bella Porsche. The she does like the weird, like she just kind of like moves her mouth around and she's tattooed. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't, yeah, I, I didn't know her name. That's the only one that I ever see. And yeah, her content. Yeah, like, it's not for me, but it's yeah. not like super. Like they talk about like, oh, I don't want to see Charlie D'Amelio because she just posts dumb shit her lip syncing and I'm like I have never had one of her videos I've never seen one of her videos you need to try it because like 
I think it's yeah. age too. When you punch in your age, yeah, it automatically puts you in demographics that would make sense for you. Yeah. But if I was like, if I would have punched in like fifteen, I'm probably gonna get her content. Yeah. I don't. I don't. She's just. Cause I remember when she first started getting popular. I'm like, oh, what does she do? And then it was just like Nothing. kind of dance <laughs> videos. Yeah. And now it's just turned into like, it's just her face because she makes millions of dollars. I guess. Yeah. And that'd I be mean, cool. To each know. their own. So I'm 30 in like 10 days, so this is still apply. Yeah, I put in your birthday. Maybe you'll get some like orthopedic TikToks. Right? <laughs> Massage TikToks. Old people TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Nah, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> fuck. I'm getting close to 30. It drives me nuts. I'm turning 25, and I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 20. I'm 20. I'm turning 27 this year. <gasps> I like, still feel like I'm like 13. Yeah. I have like well. I'm either 13 or I'm 80. There's no one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I enjoy a good fart joke. Like, I'm 13, mm-hmm. but I also take naps and yeah. go to bed early. I drink, I drink honey tea so I can feel happy. I love cranberry juice. Yeah, yeah. cranberry juice is love great. It. Shit's lit. Shit, shit is fire. <laughs> so what do you really want to, because we talked prior to this, and you kind of floating the idea of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And then as far as, like, TikTok and other media goes, do you have, like, a... If you were to say, like, this is my goal or dream or whatever, like, what would you really want to be doing? Like, as far as, like, content creation goes. I think, I mean, keeping up on TikTok, mm-hmm. I really do love it, doing that in the future. And the more I keep thinking about a podcast, like, I just, I love talking about things I'm passionate about, you know? Same. Like, that's the dream job, yeah. right? So, the more I think about that, it'd be awesome. Like, I just want to reach out to people and hear other people's stories and, you know. It's a fun, it's honestly exactly what people think it is, and it's amazing. It is amazing. And, like, I have met so many new friends that are fans or whatever, (laughs) but, like, so stupid, but, like, we've exchanged numbers and, like, that's crazy. Like, we meet Have you been noticed in real life by somebody? Mm, once. Yeah. I had one for me, too, and it was the weirdest experience in my life. It was weird, huh? I was at Taco Bell. It was a Taco Bell employee. Hell yeah. And they were like, oh, did you do that podcast? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's cool. And I was so fucking <laughs> awkward. Because, like, I just... <laughs> what do you do? Like, do I, you I just do? go about my day because, like, I really... Not that I don't... I think about my podcast almost every minute that I'm awake but like yeah when i'm out and about like i just don't think like yeah people... taco bell's a safe space yeah <laughs> give me my ball hawk um and he said that and i'm like oh thanks man and then like i think he was looking for like he was expecting me to say something else and we just kind of looked at each other for like yeah way too long yeah he's like i'm gonna go grab your food i'm like okay <laughs> it's just i felt so awkward i remember like one time I tweeted Seth Rogen and he favorited it and I lost my shit. I was oh, like, oh my god, look who favorited me or whatever. And then I posted a TikTok and some girl commented and she's like, notice me. And I was like, I? And she's like, oh my god, she not. I'm like, that's, that feels weird yeah. being on the other end. Like, it doesn't feel real. Like, it's weird. TikTok. It's just weird. That's what I also love about TikTok is just like, not only if you make great content, like, they do such a good job at, like, yeah. really pushing it to people. Yeah. Well, besides the shadow banning shit that they just don't explain well. Yeah. But 
like we could literally like overnight someone could become a great influencer like uh, mm-hmm. 420 dog face god bless that man god he's a fucking he was the Icon. savior of 2020 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you want to know how i know tiktok works as far as influencing there's fucking ocean spray in my fridge right now <laughs> I went today and got coffee that I saw on TikTok. Yeah? The coffee order. Yeah. It, it works. TikTok it, I'm is... I'm telling you. It's fantastic. Yeah. I my I never thought I was going to ever... I never even knew of Ocean Spray until yeah. that video. It's magic. Now you have to see, you have to sing Fleetwood Mac every time yeah, you drink every it. every time. Yeah. And then she made a fucking TikTok. Yeah, that was crazy blades. how many celebrities, like... She's a confirmed witch, right? Yeah, she's the white witch. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she doesn't... And she doesn't age. She looks... She looks exactly the same. She's yeah. like Paul Rudd in that yeah. department. I always forget Paul Rudd's what, like, isn't he close to 50? He's like 21 forever, but yeah, yeah he's like, he's like 50. I wish. Yeah. No. <laughs> the dream to that be able to the dream. look that. I, I, I don't know. I think you should do a podcast. It's Ooh, tough. I don't know. It's don't tough. Know. Yeah. Because like, you know, it is a very flooded market. That's mm-hmm. what I always tell people. Like, it's flooded and i'm not popular by any stretch of imagination i'm just trying to you know dig out my little hole here yeah. in salt lake but you know there's that's why you gotta do it you know because you love it yeah yeah you know and i know god close to 100 other podcasts that are all within 50 miles of here you know yeah. it's a flooded market but the community is pretty fantastic as mm-hmm. far as like other podcasters everyone just wants to come on and be on each other's shows you know spread the word yeah. and there's some assholes for sure yeah and some people who are definitely only in it for the yeah, yeah. So there's lots of money to be had in the right places yeah. but they don't last i think this was really like my tonight was like should i do it coming yeah. into this and now i feel really confident like you're really good at it and you, well, thank you. you make me feel like i can do it <laughs> i think that I think if you if that's what you want to do, you mm-hmm. can easily yeah. kill it. Yeah. You know, because it's just I can. Whenever I have new guests on that I never know, mm-hmm. it goes one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Either tim- they're so timid that they don't want to open up, yeah. or they just it starts flowing. Mm-hmm. You've started flowing like right off the bat. Oh, thank you. And like I'm so nervous, this is gonna be awkward. <laughs> and you know and. It's not that there's no problem with people who are timid because sometimes yeah. like bright light, cameras, mic, yeah. like there's an audience, like yeah. it can be definitely overwhelming. But, yeah. you know, people who just want to try it, like I don't see the problem in at least giving 10, 15 episodes a go. And then if you're like, oh, maybe I'm not that passionate yeah. about it. But See, like I, I know I would be because... Yeah. I, I think, especially from TikTok, TikTok, I feel so comfortable, like, putting myself out there now. Yeah. And just being myself. And people like it or they hate it. And that's, I mean. Well, and plus, I, I am willing to bet money that you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of not only myself, but a lot of these other podcasts have been going for a while because of your TikTok audience. Well. If you could even take over, if you could bring over, you have 28,000. If you could bring over, like, 2% of that. Like right off the bat, that's yeah. that's huge. That is huge. You know, there's people who pay tens of thousands of dollars to companies to try and get them to like eight thousand li- listens yeah. a month. Yeah, it's 
you know, 8,000 listens a month is kind of like the, that's when you break into being like, I'm a fucking well-known podcast. Really? Yeah. Like, that's kind of like the, if you're pulling in that number, you're like, okay, I have enough listeners that I can really start venturing into, like, getting big boy sponsors. Yeah. But if you could bring in, you know, I, I get my views from quantity of content, mm-hmm. you know, but you hop in there and you're pulling in two to 3,000 listens a month right off the bat. Leaps and bounds ahead. Oh, man. Leaps and bounds ahead. Oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's not all, it, there's definitely work, you know. Oh, like yeah, everything. it's hard work. Yeah. You know, you got to, if you decide to run multiple cameras, editing's boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. you know, all that stuff is not fun to talk about, but. Yeah. I will be putting your podcast on there. No, I think that it's an easy transition too from like, hey, I'm doing a podcast that you can listen to on Spotify, iTunes, because all that is just pretty much plugged in now. You don't have to apply for companies anymore. Mm -hmm. Easy transition to be like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm also doing this video on YouTube. You could do yeah. a whole different stream yeah. of content if you want. I know, I was looking on your TikTok and you had the different links and I just kept going. Yeah. I was like, God damn, like, you upload a lot of content. That's yeah. awesome. It's, yeah, I've changed how I did it too because everything used to just be under Top Shelfers, but now all the other shows different, are on their, yeah. own, on their own pages now yeah. to try and separate, you know. If there's true crime fan, true crime drunk fans here, on this, they're not wanting to watch Top Shelfers. They yeah. want to watch True Crime. So it just felt like it makes more sense to be separate. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Bella? Hello. Bella Vanilla. That's a great name. <laughs> I hope that's Bella that I know. Yeah. But I don't know. It, you know, it's... I, I think you could do it. Thank you. I just got to do it. You know, I always think, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And put it off, put it off, put yeah. it off. But yeah, just go send it. Yeah. Just fucking send it. I mean, I don't know what your, you know, income looks like, but in reality, you could really get into it if you wanted to, like, mm-hmm. if you have a PC already or don't, like, that mic right there that works great was 150 Wow. You're not. You could break the bank and get like, you know, six hundred dollar mics with, you know, the I forget all the terminology with the plugins and get it all set up like super fancy. But yeah, you know, a lot of people can't just go out and yeah, I have a job. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's <laughs> it's not. I I've always been of the belief of like what a lot of people end up being disappointed in themselves is like they think everything has to be perfect on that first time you know the audio has to be perfect the, yeah the camera has to be perfect the setup has to look perfect like in reality if you start and you just make the content even if it does come out shitty like yeah our first podcast the audio was like dog water as the new tiktok <laughs> shit talk is dog water no earnings checks and then over time, like we were able to put a little bit more money into mm-hmm. it, get better cameras, get better mics, 
and then the viewers love it because they're like oh you guys are upgrading like, yeah yeah it's cool to see like yeah i think people end up setting themselves up to fail because they're afraid that if it's not perfect people aren't gonna yeah. watch well, it you have to start somewhere yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to start somewhere. <gasps> Bella, I told your um your uh, past life Nazi story. <laughs> <laughs> what a good story that is. Classic. The fantastic. Yep. Yeah, I. That's pretty much how I feel about it. Yeah, I I'm excited. It. I think I really do think I want to do it. Yeah. Not just like be saying, but like I really am genuinely interested, and I've had people. Would you, like, you should do it. Would you want to stream it? Or do you think you would just do the audio side? I of... think I would stream it too. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm here. I will be more than happy to show you how to set up Twitch and all that type of stuff. Because it's okay. not a... We can even do it over Zoom. It's easy to... Can we be a guest? Absolutely. We've got this. Absolutely. Talk about ghost stuff. Spooky vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so sad. It is a sad story. She... When I heard it, she was, like, panicked while she was telling me. <laughs> I was telling her, because you told that on Read Between the Wines. I was like, you tell that story so fucking well. Yes. It just... Yep. So good. It is so good. Um, I do have a question. Now, this isn't a for sure, because I'm still... It depends on a couple things that are going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But I might be in the situation of potentially starting a different show um and i'm looking for more you don't have to be a co-host or people i want it to be more guest orientated Mm -hmm. but i want it to be specific on paranormal and um i'm trying to figure out how i would want that to look but i i'm thinking of potentially shifting one of my shows out and starting a new paranormal focused podcast with guests so if i get that up and running i'd love to contact me i got millions of stories yeah i'd love to have (laughs) you on and i have lots of friends i could get on here to have experiences i I think that'd be fun because i really love doing the true crime and i love doing the book club um because it's like we have a topic Mm -hmm. and i love doing this because the my guest is the topic yeah you know yeah and I just want to continue making more content that has, like, that topic. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. No, I totally get that. Like, true crime and paranormal, the biggest passions. And it's weird, and I don't know why I like it so much. <laughs> but I love it. And, yeah, if you ever need someone, I'll be happy to do it. Perfect. Well, we can go ahead. We're about two hours in. Time flies. Time flies. Time flies. Time flies. Um, so I'm going to do my closing ad read for you guys. I know it's weird. Ad reads on top shelfers. Yeah, we're finally making it. (laughs) Um, so let me read it really quick. Um, the podcast is sponsored by Hepius. It's the number one place to go for premium CBD that won't break the bank. It's locally owned and sourced here in Utah. It is safe for work, meaning there's no THC. You don't have to stress about that. And they have something for everyone. Um, I'm personally using their number two, Broad Spectrum. Kind of makes me feel uppity. It gives me energy, but it also kind of relaxes my body so I'm not as tense because I have problem being a little tense. Um, head over to hepiusmed.com. That is H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. Take a look at their products. They keep it really simple and basic. Um, they're not going to confuse you with 
10, 15, 20 different products. There's three you can choose from. And uh, reach out to our social media and let me tell them where you heard us or heard from them. Heard about their company from. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then for you, where can people find you on TikTok and your other social media? I think they're all the same. It's they call me butt. They call me butt? Yeah. Fun fact, that's my real last name, if anyone was wondering. Amy Butt. Yeah. They call yep. me butt. They call me butt. I think that's my username on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is fun. And uh, we will definitely talk about planning a return episode where yes. we will dive deep into paranormal. I would love that. And thank you guys for listening, whether you're here live with us or you're here on all the other platforms. I appreciate you. Make sure to leave a comment on what you want to see in the future from Top Shelfers. Thank you, guys. Take care.